Hello darlings, it's Karen here. So we're on a mission to help Murphy establish an electrum trade in Ymir City. And on our adventures, we found another white door in a room filled with monster spiders. It's a long story. But you remember we found a white door before, way back in the jungle. So the person on the other side of this door doesn't seem interested in chatting, but we had a lot on our plates already, so I think that's okay. We were getting ready to go back to Azus to tell him we'd done our favour, but then the Dro Spiders family showed up. They're pretty dangerous, so it's lucky for us that they just thanked us for curing their sister of whatever corruption that spider half was causing. I don't know. Poet rejoined us, and we went back to Azus's compound, only for the bastard and his miners to betray us. Alakas was right. He is a dick, and he was always planning to turn us over to Mr. Marvelous, and I'll be damned if I let that warforged wearing coward get away with this. everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the janison breffitt's parchment company my name is penny d and i'll be your dm now and always <laughs> it's currently part nine of our very long hivewood bound arc and my favorite thing about a kiwi summer is i think like going to like a beach town whether it's coromandel whether it's up north like just going to like another town where you don't live and like that way if you fall down and you get ice cream on your face nobody knows you and you could just like you know go and go camping or go stay in a cabin and just chill in a beach town it's lovely it sounds lovely hi my name is nathan and i'm playing flinval your favorite halfling bard so i'm a water baby or like merman i don't know i could live in water but i hate people. merman <laughs> so my, my favorite thing is to find the closest friend or like closest Airbnb with a pool and some nice iced cocktails. That's my dream. That does sound pretty nice. <laughs> Hi, my name is Steph. Uh, I play Frankie, and I think my favorite summer TV summer thing uh, would probably be how like chill everyone is for like half of December and like most of January. Like <laughs> work's not the same. Everyone, no one really cares about like anything. It's like February when school's back and traffic starts up again and then everyone's like, oh, I didn't do all my jobs I should have done in January. We really do turn up the she'll be right for that like yeah. whole sort of hot period, don't yeah. we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We do. It's because we're all too tired to deal with it. <laughs> like all, all the hate is just like we've taken everything out of us and we have no time or energy to do anything. Full month where just nothing gets achieved. It's amazing. Mm. Well, it's amazing that we get all of our Christmas stuff done during that, like, first half of it. And then after that, we're all just like, no, it's fine, leftovers, <laughs> leftovers, kids. Oh, absolutely. I love the leftovers after Christmas. It's the best. Yeah. Um, hi, I am Poppy. I play Idafer the Tiefling Rogue. And my favorite part of a Kiwi summer is actually the barbecues. Yes. We had, because I don't, shout. yeah, I don't have a barbecue myself because I think that they are a stupid piece of equipment to own. But having a friend that has a barbecue is the best thing in the world because they have to deal with all the maintenance of it. They have to clean it and everything, but they can provide delicious barbecued food 
because barbecues make like the lamest meat taste delicious. It's really I think good. That depends depends on the barbecue. If you're using like the normal standard gas barbecue, that's lame. You need to like upgrade your life <laughs> and go charcoal or low and slow. That's the only time <laughs> oh it, it, it improves the taste of the meat. Otherwise, it's it's just lame. I didn't realize we had a barbecue enthusiast here. Well, actually, <laughs> so, that would be a flame grill enthusiast. Actually, <laughs> that's right. Burger that's King. right. All I was going was we should go to Steph's for a barbecue. Also there. Yeah, Steph, you want to have us over for a barbecue? No. Grill me some corn. <laughs> but okay, no, I get it. <laughs> well, I was I was actually just thinking that I could invite you guys around for a barbecue because we do have a charcoal grill here. I'd love yeah, that. Exactly. I'm it was so nice last that. time. Yeah. And, and you tried to do the bonfire and it just Oh, oh stop, stop. <laughs> so embarrassing. And you tried to do the bonfire and it worked perfectly. It, worked it was great. So well. It worked so well and I wasn't too drunk to light a fire. There was so much gasoline. We were 100% safe all the time. We were so safe. You're so safe. Your partner was not like, hey, don't do that anymore. <laughs> My partner did not tell me that I wasn't allowed to touch the gasoline anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, my name is Liz. I play the, the barbarian Karen. And my favorite part of summer is the bonfires. And I will not be saying anything else about that because I'm perfect with <laughs> bonfires. I've never made a mistake and I always like them. And I've never caused a wildfire yet. Yet. Well, this isn't a Roasting Liz podcast. It is a uh, D&D podcast. You guys are in some trouble. So how about we see if we can go ahead and resolve this arc today? How do you feel about that? Yes, oh, please. Awesome. So you guys are being frog marched. You're traveling down the cave path between the elevator and the door room. And each of you has like a couple of guards in between you. They've got these stun batons that seem really good at sort of uh, immobilizing you. And Karen, right behind you, Asus Diamond Heart is like sort of, he's a lot taller now because he's got this warforged body that he's sort of wearing. And he is sort of leaning over and kind of taunting you as you guys all sort of walk down this path. Hey, stone cutter. Do you want to know how I got like this? Not really. I assume it's a pretty standard story. Yeah. A cave-in, or possibly ooh, a mist pickaxe, and then you were abandoned for a few days, and then maybe told that for the good of the for the good of your clan, you were to be used for parts. It's nothing I've never seen before, darling. It's pretty usual. There's a reason I don't live in the hives anymore. Roll an intimidation roll, Karen. <laughs> that was so rough. Roll it, roll it, fucking bitch roll. Oh my god. She was being really nasty there. Okay. That's a 15 total. Yeah. Asus kind of harumps a little bit and he like stops leaning over you. And you can tell that he had this whole sort of backstory that he was keen to tell you all about and you may or may not have guessed like 70% of it and now he's not in the mood to tell you about it anymore. Well, now I don't wanna. Karen just stole the DM's monologue. <laughs> Karen knows what goes on in the hives. She's not, she's not silly. 
He's not a city dwarf. <laughs> He's kind of cranky, and you can still hear him. You can still hear that humming behind you of the the stun baton, but you can sort of hear him kind of chuckling to himself, and he's like, Hi, you're right. That is a fairly common story, isn't it? Well, good news. Thanks to you, I'll have enough money to kill every stone cutter in the forge. And like I said, I'm going to save you for last. Do you have any children, Mrs. Stonecutter? I don't think it'll really matter to you, darling, because you're not getting anywhere near to my family. <clears throat> I will make sure of it. Like you'll have a choice. I've got people in Ymir City too, you know. Oh. It's not going to take long to track you down. Oh, people. Oh, no. Yes, we've all got people everywhere, darling. But the difference is, my people have something to lose. And that's their peace. Whereas yours, hmm. I don't think they fight for anything much at all, really. Money? You can replace that. Karen, roll a uh, perception check. Okay. Oh, bad. Um, that's a five plus four, total nine. Yeah, you're talking for a bit, and you realize behind you, you can hear this like weird, harsh, guttural noise. It kind of sounds like an odd coughing or retching. But you somehow like gather meaning from it and your earring tingles a little bit uh and you realize that you can kind of hear murphy talking in in some language hey uh stay cool karen i ain't come all this way to get handed over to a rival cough twice if i can count on you for wait for my signal <laughs> uh karen sniffs and she goes <coughs> awful stuffy down here isn't it asus actually also begins sort of coughing and spluttering a little bit and you actually will have to take you know, 20 to 30 seconds for him to, like, stop. And, like, he's not walking. He doesn't even have legs. But he's, like, not doing great. And for you guys all sort of stand there awkwardly for a little bit while Asus kind of, like, catches his breath. And then he commands everybody to keep moving. That's so awkward. Anyone who wants to roll a medicine check. I want to. Uh, medicine check. I can do that. Ugh. Oh, Karen um, does not know. It's also a nine. Eight plus one. Uh, 16 for Frankie. Nice. nice. And I didn't check. Frankie, mm -hmm. you kind of pick up that he's been breathing heavily since the bottom of the elevator, and you put together that maybe he needs a font to, like, live. Oh. Oh. So he's got parts on the inside. Frankie's eyes just twinkle a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but he, he he says nothing. Okay. One of the guards tells you to stop twinkling and keep moving. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, stop screaming and kick out. <laughs> Without more incident, um, you guys make it to the lava full chamber. Same as before, the bridge, the island, the lava fall, the, uh, you know, the big set of stairs with the door at the top of it. There's significantly less spider webs here now. <laughs> And Asus sees the door on the pedestal for the first time. And uh, he's like, huh, he was right. There it is, lads. That door is our ticket. After this, it's all... <coughs> it's nothing but wealth, fame, and power after this. Every stone cutter will regret the day they abandon. And he starts to break down as like a small seizure. Oh. Sort of coughing and splattering. And the robot sort of keeps walking 
while this is happening. <laughs> this is awkward. And you get to the bottom where the bridge meets the island, um, and Asus manages to fish something out of his his coat pocket, and it is a small L-shaped tube. Oh my goodness. That he tries to suck on, but it doesn't seem to do anything to help. Our boy's got an inhaler. Amazing. Oh, I was like... Oh, glorious leader. Uh... <laughs> Can Frankie offer some assistance somehow? Uh, what would you like to do? <laughs> Frankie would like to, like, walk over and kneel and just, I guess, see, like, is his inhaler, like, actually empty or is it jammed? Like, he'd like to try and offer him some help, you know? Okay, I'm going to need you to roll a persuasion roll because... He wouldn't normally let you get close to him while he's this vulnerable. And yeah. all of the people with the with the limbs are like keeping you where they want you. Frankie's definitely a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh that is a 19. You approach, you know, cautiously. My hands are up. Yeah, your hands are up. The mm-hmm. miner who is pointing their stun baton at or their stun arm at you comes with you. They don't they don't let you out of sort of, you know, zap reach. <laughs> what seems to be happening is Asus's inhaler appears to be empty, mm-hmm. and he's like fiddling around with it. And Karen, you hear uh, Murphy making that noise again, and you pick up him saying, "Not yet." Uh, who currently has the bag of holding? Ida. Yeah. But yes, I believe I would have the bag of holding. Asus gestures for the bag to be brought to him, and uh, the the miner behind you kind of like pokes you and doesn't stun you but kind of pokes you in the back and gestures for you to walk forwards hey hey i can do it by myself actually <laughs> <laughs> and i walk up to asus asus shoves his hand into the bag of holding and then like there's a moment where he starts to panic because he's got his hand in the bag of holding and he's kind of like ruffling around in it that. that's my everyday life <laughs> <laughs> And he starts rifling through it, and he actually, like, snatches the bag out of your grasp, Idafer. Uh, okay. <laughs> and he's like, it's, it's, it's in here, I know, it's in here. He's like, keep going. And Scraps, basically, while he's, like, rummaging around inside the bag, the robot legs and, like, the one sort of remaining arm begin to sort of walk over uh, across the island towards where the stairs are. And he's he's having a lot of trouble breathing. Uh, he's like, he's sort of swearing to himself and he's muttering and he looks over at you, Idafer, and he's like, why, why can't I get any out of this? Have you ever used a bag of holding? Why can't I? <coughs> Answer me. Idafer, why don't you just give him one from your pocket? Much more easily accessible, don't you think? Uh, yeah, thanks, Karen. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, let me have a look in here. Uh, I don't want to tell him why he can't get his grimy little fingers all over it. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for someone to be like, actually, don't tell him. <laughs> Idafa, you do go to reach into your pockets, but one of the guards thinks you might be reaching for a weapon and uh, tells you to to stop. Oh, okay. Sorry. Hands up. Uh... And Asus, you, you look over at Asus, who is like having a real hard time right now. And then you you see him grasp something inside the bag and his face hardens and he's like i got it uh, and he pulls and what he does is he turns the bag inside out and so an enormous fountain of electrum and trinkets spills out of the bag shooting into the air and like raining down across the entire cavern 
there is Electrum raining down in sort of every space of the cavern that you care to look at right now. And there's utter chaos. Everybody starts screaming. Asus, you know, begins demanding that the miners get the Electrum while he like catches a piece and puts it into his inhaler. And then Murphy says in common, and I think that's a go. Fantastic. Karen would like to rage. <laughs> yeah, cool. Are you going to use Electrum from your pocket or are you going to catch a piece? I'm going to catch a piece. Yeah, go ahead and rage. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Depending on what I can do, is this like a full turn of combat or is this just a surprise round? I would say you can make an action, but we're not... I'll give you guys a little bit of a hint. We're not doing initiative today. It's going to be a little bit more free flow in action. So you can rage and attack because that's the way a turn works. But then I'll cycle around to other people before we come back to you. Wonderful. Okay, so because of instinctive pounce, I can move half my speed as part nice. of a bonus action to rage. So Karen immediately zips forward 17 feet <laughs> as her eyes flash blue and she kind of zooms forwards. And how far away is Azus now? Like He's about from... that far. He's about that far? Yeah, so she will zoom forward. Karen zooms forward and she's going to try to kneecap the Warforged with her with her act. Alright, first I want you to roll me a dexterity saving throw with advantage to see if you can... I'm giving you advantage because of the chaos of the what's happening in the room. Um, but also there was a guard behind you who was ready to zap you. So, dex saving throw with advantage. That is a 19. You do manage to, like the fact that you've got that instinctive pounce, you do manage to like catch a piece rage and you're gone before they can even zap at you Woo! go ahead and make me uh an attack roll lovely i love doing attack rolls that's a 19 to a hit yeah 19 uh does hit yes which weapon are you using i'm just using the great axe i'm not using the temperate version at the moment uh so go ahead and roll me your damage for that that's eight damage straight up slashing very damage. nice before asus can like finish inhaling his inhaler you know, as on the schoolyard while he's busy trying to do his inhaler, somebody runs up to him and tries to attack him in the knee with an axe. <laughs> and you do actually manage to like sink that axe into the, you don't, you don't cut off the leg or anything, but you do manage to like do a little bit of damage to Scraps, who by no means was a very well put together Warforge in the first place. His name says a lot about, you know, his state of how fancy he is. <laughs> Wonderful. Frankie would like to just open his jacket up just a little bit to let Hans out. Yeah. Because Frankie wants to Hans to steal the inhaler for science. Oh, nice. Frankie, can you make a dexterity saving throw, please? Uh, you can also have advantage. Okay. That is 16. Yeah, cool. So you also do manage to dodge the stun baton. Oh. Okay. What kind of role would you like to do to steal the inhaler? Slot of Hans. Yeah, with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, slide of hands. <laughs> okay, you are using Hans' stats, not yours. <laughs> Go ahead and roll me a slide of hand check. Okay, that's a uh, 15. I'll give you this. Uh, you do manage to steal the inhaler, but not until he's done, like, inhaling Yeah, it. yeah, that's alright. Hans does have the inhaler, uh, but he did manage to finish um, getting his breath in before uh, you got it. That's cool. You take a dive for the... Bag of holding on my bag, though, because his favorite fancy hats in there. 
<laughs> I was gonna say, your fruit hats will be in there. Well, no, they're not anymore. They are falling from the sky. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bag of holding is currently a, like, one of those slot machines that shoots coins out of it, except they're shooting into the air <laughs> and landing all around you. Uh, so yeah, go ahead, Flynn, make me an acrobatics check. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, do a dexterity saving throw first. Oh, I, I got that 20, but okay. So, uh, so you can use that 20 for your dexterity saving throw if you want to, since I changed it after you rolled. Okay. <laughs> uh, now go ahead and roll me an acrobatics check. Uh, so that's an unnatural 20. Everyone's kind of like going at Asus at the same time. <laughs> so you do manage to uh, steal the now empty bag of holding uh, back from him. Okay. So I have this really like fancy thing in my mind he's going to be like sweet now is my time to do something and he's gonna try so we're all being threatened with a stun baton right yes that's right yeah so i'm going to well i know is going to try and grab the stun baton like do a twirl and grab the stun baton from the guy that's trying to get him it is part of the like robot limb that he is so it's not like you can it's not an item that you could disarm from him oh. because it's like mounted into the robot limb i i shouldn't be saying stun baton i should be saying stun guns or stun limbs but it's not something that you could grab off of him because it's built into his arm sorry okay you did this on purpose so we couldn't take the stun baton yeah that's right i watched the adventure zone <laughs> You knew what I was planning. <laughs> well, in that case, does he have a neck? Yeah, everybody <laughs> has a neck. Perfect. <laughs> and it's exposed? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Cool. Uh, Ido's going to do a twirl backwards and he's going to karate chop this guy in the neck. <laughs> okay. Roll me a dexterity saving throw with advantage to see if you can dodge being stunned. Okay. 14. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. It was a, it was a fourteen, so you you did you did meet it. Yeah. yeah, cool. So you do a twirl and you want to do a karate chop. Yes. Is there anything else attached to that karate chop, or is it just an unarmed strike? The point of the karate chop is to make him like go to sleep. Isn't there a thing in like martial arts movies that they can go wah and it, like knocks them out? It's true, but you're not a monk, so I don't think that you would have <laughs> that. Like that's that's something that a class called a monk can do. A class called a monk. <laughs> <laughs> But you are a class called a rogue. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I know. It's just the way you said it. It's like, I know there's a class called a monk. <laughs> I don't know how much you do and don't know about <laughs> That is a monk class feature. So I'm going to say no, you can't use that. Okay. Well, I'll still do it anyway and just use an unarmed strike. Okay. Cool. Go ahead and roll me an attack roll. We'll make sure I hit him first. Uh, no, I do not. In fact, I fail so badly. Did I break my wrist? Oh. I got a one. A one! You got a one! Uh. Okay, Idafa, take three bludgeoning damage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as what happened was, like, this guy had, like, a, you know, a coat on, but the robot arm actually has, like, a part that comes partially up the neck, and you chopped onto the metal bit. Oh. But you didn't you didn't see it beforehand. <sighs> you roll natural ones at the worst possible time. Yeah, I... It's just bad. Maybe also you should take like one pride damage as well <laughs> and take your peg and move it down a few spots. <laughs> but God, that's all I have. <laughs> already got two classes. You don't get to also be... Well, you could. You could multi-class into a monk today and show me what for. I'm not going to multi-class into a monk. <laughs> just to touch base on what is happening with the other characters, Murphy is currently holding his shirt out mm -hmm. to make a little basket he's trying to catch as much electrum as possible because you know free <laughs> 
And Alicast is standing horrified, uh, watching as all of the miners are desperately, frantically trying to gather up this blue electrum that's raining down on the small island. Uh, and then there is a deafening Uh-oh. crack of thunder as a blue lightning bolt arcs across the room, instantly frying three of the miners to a crisp. Oh, hell. And suddenly there is more crack, crack, crack. Multiple other arcs of blue lightning uh, shooting randomly around the room. Oh, my God. I want you guys to roll me either a nature or an arcana check. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, 16 for arcana. 26 for Arcana. 17 for Arcana. 4 for Arcana. Everybody except Idafa, <laughs> you guys instinctively know what's happening here. Because of the state of the room and because the electrum is all like flung into the air and raining down, some of it's landing in the lava. Uh. And when it does, it's dissolving and releasing its magic oh. violently and randomly. Seeing this, Asus looks around has his robot grab a couple of pieces of electrum and then he jumps uh, and he's got rocket boots in the warforge that he's working with so when he jumps backwards about 30 feet he does almost get caught in some spider webs but he does manage to sort of like push through them and karen you can have an attack of opportunity if you want to i absolutely want to and not only do i want to have an attack of opportunity oh no i can't do that don't worry about it i'm just gonna hit him with my great axe oh okay <laughs> oh I don't get it. Uh, that was a 10 to hit. Yeah, unfortunately, you do miss him that time around. Um, but he does land about 30 feet back from you, and he's got his breath back now, uh, and he is like, Men! Women! Collect our Electrum! This is our meal ticket! Get it all! I don't care how many of you have to die to keep our stash! Ardo's movement's gonna be very, very simple. Basically, he's gonna be like, ow, 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 and he's just gonna, like, run away from the guy that he just tried to karate chop, <laughs> and also do the same thing that Murphy's doing. He's gonna pull his shirt out, and he's gonna pick as much shit as he can. <laughs> Roll me a... Uh, just a slider hand check. Alright. That's 19. Cool, you've got 19 pieces of Electrum in your shirt. Oh, yay! Thank you. So Flynn's going to open the bag of holding it and do like a low run and scoop. So I'm like dragging it along the, the ground, like trying to scoop us as much things as I can. Oh yeah, roll me a, a sleight of hand check as well, unless you have another check that you want to do. 16 for sleight of hand. Oh, okay. You have 16 pieces of Electrum inside the bag of holding. Karen runs straight towards Azus, And when she's about 10 feet out from him, she jumps okay. and she's going to try to tackle Azus, either him and Scraps to the ground or tackle him out of Scraps. We're going to do uh, contested checks because you're doing a jump. I want you to roll an acrobatics check versus uh, his, well, actually it's more like Scraps uh, athletics. Absolutely. I got 17 plus four, so I got 21. Oh, I only got a 13. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is you do this jump uh, and what you're not expecting this like crankly old Warforged <laughs> to be quite as swift as it is. Asus turns to see you and the Warforged does like sort of catch you and use your own momentum against you and like throw you onwards uh, into a rock. Uh, you're raging, so I want you to take uh, 1d6 bludgeoning damage from being thrown into a rock, but you're raging so you can take half. 1d6. Could you roll the d6 for me? Or do you want oh, me to sure. roll it? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll roll it. Uh, that is a 1, so you take 1. You can't half a 1. Woo! Uh, but you do sort of crash into a rock, uh, and you are sort of prone for the moment. 
Okay, but now I'm between him and the exit? Yes, that's right. Cool. Frankie and Hans would also be like to trying to grab Electrum. I mean, Hans is only little, so I'd imagine he could like, get one and he's all happy about it, but that's his Electrum. <laughs> but yes, Frankie would like to be using his shirt to catch <laughs> Electrum. Cool, roll me a slider hand check. And yeah, Hans can just have one. So whatever, right. you can roll a slide of hand and then Hans has got one as well. Uh, slide of hand, 22. 22, yeah, you have 22 pieces of Electrum. Oh, yay. And I'd like, like for flavor, uh, I'd imagine it's like, uh, you know, in like movies when it's snowing and characters are like, oh, yay, and their hands are up and they're like twirling. That's what how I imagine Frankie is kind of. Catches one on his tongue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just yeah. electric. Yeah. It zaps you just a little bit. You got puppy tongue. <laughs> a couple of things happen now. Asus is very aware that Karen is the bruiser, so runs his rocket boots again <laughs> and jumps back towards the main group. At the same time, Alakast snaps out of it because what she's seeing is all of these people who are afraid of Asus running around collecting Electrum and getting zapped by this blue lightning and some of them are dying for it. And she turns around and looks over at Asus and is like, you are such a dick. Get over here. And uh, she's going to charge at him and try to grapple him. Get him. Uh, What she fails to do. Uh. The robot is a lot stronger than it looks. Uh, And even though Asus himself is not physically strong the robot's plenty strong for them both asus is smart enough for them both so it's a pretty formidable combination with the two of them mm. the next thing that happens is a deep moan fills the cavern followed by a low rumble from the lava behind the door a rounded lump begins to rise up crackling with blue sparks oh dear. and bubbling with heat It rises about 15, 20 feet above your heads, sort of a goopy lava lump. And near the top, two black eyes open, uh, blue lightning arcing from within them. The lava golem looks down at you all, uh, seemingly considering the island for a moment, before it suddenly sprouts an appendage from its front. The lava, um, it's not really an arm, it's more just like a tube coming from it, strikes down uh, at a group of miners who have swept Electrum coins into a pile. With a set of blood-curdling shrieks, all in harmony, the lava envelops all of them and the pile, and a shining blue energy travels up the arm towards the main body. Oh no. What do you do? Cry? What? <laughs> There's this Bring huge lava golem and it's empowered by a butt-ton of Electrum. Where is it in relation to... so? Karen's kind of at the entrance. It rose up behind, sort of at the north point, behind the, the stairs and the door, and the arm is sort of at the 10 o'clock position uh, where people were sweeping up Electrum sort of in that space in the top corner of the island. I know it's a circle, but it has a top corner. Yeah. Okay, Karen is going to yell to just the room, forget the Electrum, get through that door, and she's going to start running for the door, and if there's any dwarves that are in her way, she's gonna try and drag them with her. You you were prone? Oh yeah. So you don't make it very far. You were over close by the exit. Uh, the island is I think 60 feet across. Yes. Um, and you were prone. So you do successfully manage to yell that, uh, but you don't get, you don't even make it like halfway across the island. What's your, what's your speed normally? 35? Yes, yeah, so you make it, you make it 20 feet. Yeah. 
that's a good move though. Uh, I want you to roll a persuasion check at disadvantage because these guys are more scared of, you know, what's happening in the room and Asus, and they're not specifically listening to you. That is fine. Okay, at disadvantage. That is a 13. 13. Okay, we will come back to that. Okay. Flynn's mad and overwhelmed, but I'm quite close to where Asus was, so I'm going to cast Heat Metal. Oh, this again. Love it. <laughs> focusing on his robot leg joints. Okay, cool. Which specific part of the Warforged are you targeting? His two knee joints. Or are you trying to damage Scraps or are you trying to hurt Asus? I'm trying to damage Scraps so that when we run away, he can't, so that he becomes a target. <laughs> I see your point. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Go ahead and roll your damage. Cool. Okay, so I roll two D8s. <laughs> Double sevens. 14. Are you able to target two points or does it make you target specifically one object? Because Karen also attacked a knee. So what I'm asking is, are you aiming for the same knee that Karen attacked or are you aiming for the other knee? Mm, it does say a metal object. Yeah, So, you, but you're targeting his, both of his knees, which would be two. Yeah, I would say just one. Okay, which one? The one that Karen hit or the other one? Uh, the other one. Okay, one of his knees does like heat up red hot and he does sink down to one knee uh, while Alakast is trying to grapple him. Cool. Uh, which does lose him some of his hide advantage. Alakast, who is kind of, you know, locked up with uh, trying to overpower this robot, uh, turns around uh, and is going to add to Car what Karen was saying. Don't leave your lives here. Get out of here. This isn't worth it. You could dig up more Electrum, but you can't dig up another life. Uh, and I'm going to add to Karen's role. So Karen, what did you get? 13, right? 13, yeah. Okay. Uh, Alicast got a 16, so there are a couple of, of, of the miners um, who, you know, combined with a few of the people around dying and getting crushed by lava, who do stop what they're doing and start running towards the stairs. Ooh. I want everyone to roll insight checks on the uh, golem. <laughs> uh, Ida got 10. Flynn got 19. Aaron got 16. Frankie got 13. Okay, Lynn, you take a second to look up at the lava golem because it's really not something you should be, you know, take your eyes off for all that long. <laughs> and what you notice is that it is up at its head height, 20 feet above you, there are some spider webs that are in its eye line, right in front of its face. Uh, and for a moment, those, those spider webs have Electrum coins stuck to them um, because they are sticky. <laughs> and the golem just sort of like leans its face forwards and starts absorbing Electrum up there. And what you gather is that it's not really interested in you. It It's trying to absorb specifically more Electrum. The people that died did so because they were standing next to Electrum, not because it has any specific interest in them. Ooh, okay. It's Penny, and thank you for being here. Nine episodes into our longest arc yet. This is your heads up that the show is going to be on break for a while. After our next step, we won't be posting new content for a few months, but we will still be recording new episodes and working on things behind the scenes. Thanks for sticking with JBPC for this long, and when we resume our posting schedule, we hope you decide to rejoin us for some more fun adventures. 
For the next few months, I will be working on production for the Yes and Charity stream, which is a 24-hour non-stop D&D game live-streamed to Twitch. We'll be putting on this show with the intention of raising money for our New Zealand charity. This year, we're hoping to make a whopping $10,000 for our chosen organization. The Yes and Charity stream is planned for the 27th and 28th of August from midday to midday, but we will be doing a ton of work and releasing heaps of fun content in the time leading up to the big event. Keep an eye on our social medias for more information. We've got some truly talented players and DMs from all over New Zealand involved, and I'm sure it's going to be even more of a banger than last year. In just two weeks, to celebrate Kiwi RPG Week, we'll be putting on a live show to set up this year's Yes And show that will be featuring an absolutely monster lineup of New Zealand D&D talent, including me as a player. The pre-show, titled The Cult of Kaveen, will be going live at twitch.tv slash yesandcharitystream on May 7th, 2pm New Zealand time. We'll be posting about it a lot leading up to the date, so just keep an eye on your socials and you won't miss it. On to the Patreon, a lovely shout out to our current Factory Foreman supporters, James Courtright, Dusty at Gamers ADHD, Claire McDonald, Shobna Lee, and Waffles love you and want you to know it's alright to express your feelings and to ask for help if you need it. I was watching Bob Ross and he painted your beautiful faces, so it's official. Y'all are a masterpiece and I'm so grateful for your support. Please know that we will be working hard on the show during the upcoming break, and if any of you want to change your donation, that is totally okay with us. You too can become a Bob Ross masterpiece with your own face and beauty by going to patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast and pledging a monthly donation. For the next few months, your pledge will be supporting work with the Yes and Charity stream, and that's just an incredibly cool thing for you to want to do. Music credits, thanks to Joel Cummins and Andy Farag for Cavemen of the Future, DivKid for Commander Impulse and Rinse Repeat, and Joan for Dolce Regaton, Chiel for Kurt, the Mini Vandals for Loeb, Josh Pan for Piano Trap Beethoven, Unicorn Heads for URL Melt, and Jeremy Black for Watch Your Back. As always, the social medias are facebook.com slash Podcast and at jbpcpodcast on Twitter. And you can keep an eye out for news on the Yes and Charity stream by following our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. You can also stay up to date on not just these cool projects, but all sorts of great Kiwi shows by following the hashtag KiwiRPG on Twitter. Next up is episode 32, Smoko 5, and that's our last episode for a few months. You can expect to hear that on May 8th, the day after our extremely cool Cult of Kaveen live show. Okay, that's enough updates. I'm sure you're keen to hear how this arc's going to wrap up. The next thing that happens is Asus and Scraps are going to grapple Alicast back. Ooh, nice, and they succeed. So Alicast is now being held by the Warforged and Asus is going to pull out like a little robot hand and hold the stun, like a, like a, the stun part of it uh, up to her forehead and gonna try and get a, uh, Scraps to start backing up. But Scraps is obviously injured in its knee from uh, Flynn's spell so it doesn't make it very far. Um, I've got a question. Yep. So when he tipped up the bag of holding and all the electrum and stuff fell out. Yep. Did all the stuff that we put in tip out as well? Everything came out. Shit. <laughs> Literally everything that was in there is now somewhere in this room or maybe in the lava. <laughs> what did you have in there that you wanted? Well, so f- 
this is why Penny asked what I had in my bag of Um, so Flynn's been carrying around a couple of stuff since like the first beginning of when we were in that, you know, before we had the wagon chase, you know, when we picked yes. up the fruit hats. So he's had like, he's had a fifth amulet sitting in the bag of holding as well as like a couple of other stuff. Mm. Oh my god, the yellow amulet. I completely forgot we had it. Yeah. Oh, we need to look for that. I just want to check, did we end up giving that to the NB in the funeral town? No. You didn't give the fifth amulet to Quisp, you've had it in the bag of holding and you've barely like mentioned it or talked about it or anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought we yeah. mentioned it to them because like... No, because the red one was Quisp's yeah. father's. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay then. Frankie's one belonged to Quisp's dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I believe Frankie let Quisp have a look at it? Yeah. So just to do a recap, we've got an enormous lava golem who is eating all the electrum. We have uh, Asus who has grappled Karen's little sister and is trying to use her as a, as a dwarf and shield. What are the rest of you doing? You've got t-shirts full of full of electrum. You're very well stocked up if you want to start making moves. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But also, maybe having a pile of electrum on your person might not be the best idea if the golem catches sight of you. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, as soon as Karen yelled out, run to the door, Ida was like, yeah, don't have to tell me twice, and runs for the door. He's not as kind as Karen, though. He's just kind of running, like jumping over people as he needs to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How far do you think you would get, Penny? Roll me athletics check because you got to make it up all the stairs. You got to dodge, you know, everything that's happening. Guess what? What? I don't got a twenty, baby. Oh, cool. you make it all the way to the door. Okay, now you make it all the way up the steps to the door. <laughs> so I, as I get to the door, I turn around and just see where my friends are. <laughs> Even though I realised I probably should have done that while I was on the way. But <laughs> is there, what's everyone up to? Karen is running from the southern end of the island towards you. Hasn't made it very far at the moment. Probably getting towards halfway. Flynn and Frankie both have uh, were collecting Electrum and uh, currently I don't like. They're just sort of in the top half, sort of near the bottom of the stairs. Murphy is uh, sort of closer towards Karen. His collection of uh, of Electrum sort of led him sort of towards the middle. And Alicast is currently being grappled by Asus, which is sort of like on the, close to the 10 o'clock side where the miners who got incinerated by the lava were. And if Poet's here, you can't see him. Yeah, sounds about right. All right. <laughs> so in that case, because Flynn and Frankie are near the bottom of the stairs, I'm just going to like run back down. <laughs> You've used all your movement. So you're oh, okay. at the moment until you move again, you are at the top of the stairs. Okay. Then I'm just going to yell at Frankie and Flynn and be like, hurry up and get over here. Flynn's going to yell out, that lava thing just wants the electrum, but but we need to get the things that fell out of the bag of holding. It's really important. Does it really matter, Flynn? Does it have amulet? <laughs> Flynn, if you want to use your move to look around, you absolutely can. Yeah, how many electrums are stuck to the webbing still? None now. The lava golem mushed its face into it, and <laughs> what happened was some pieces of electrum that were there got absorbed into it, but also because it's made of lava, the spider webs snapped and sort of fell off to the side, so they're no longer right in front of him. Okay. I'm going to use Mage Hand to scoop up some electrum and then kind of hold it, because my range is 30 feet. Okay. Up in the air, but away from us, so it's, yeah, because I don't think, oh, could I reach it to put it back in the webs, or is it a little bit too far away from where I am? 
Yeah, I mean, you could. The trouble is, is that the, it's it has incinerated the webs directly in front of it. So if you put Electrum up in the webs, and there's still plenty that's up in the air above you, because there's crisscrossing spider webs all over the room. The, the trouble is, it's no longer directly in front of it. So if you're trying to lure it, it's going to start moving up into the island, maybe. Yeah, I don't want that. Okay, so I'll just hover the mage hand in front of it-ish, but okay. pointing the other way from us. So it can kind of where it was, but not closer to us. Okay. And I'll just concentrate on holding it. Okay, hand. I want you to roll a deception check. <laughs> I roll in that one. Hold on. Oh, that's still... Um, deception, did you say? I can't think of anything else that would be like a, I'm trying to like attract its attention and hold it somewhere else. Yeah. You're not necessarily lying, but you are trying to like fool it. I run a 14. Yep, that's fine. Because you're holding like a handful of coins <laughs> in front of its face. Um, it is currently fixated on that. That's fine. Except then it's going to uh, use its move to shoot a tube out of its face at your mage hand and absorb all the electrum that's there. Okay. What you've gathered is this thing has the ability to manipulate the lava that makes up its body. Oh, yuck. Okay. Can I call out to everybody? I don't care if the little dwarves find out. Guys, you need, we need to find what came out of the bag of holding. It's really important. Just as important as the things that we all wear. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Frankie will uh, pull out his goggles of uh, uh, eyes and minute seeing okay. to give himself advantage on uh, investigation checks because he's going to be looking now for the yellow uh, amulet. Okay. Because Frankie knows what uh, he's talking about. Okay. Just to remind you, the eyes and minute seeing are for looking closely at yep. things. This would be like getting a, a magnifying glass and looking at the floor. I mean, and it could be anywhere in the room, just yeah, judging by the fact that there fair. is Electrum everywhere. So you could go ahead. I'll give you good. It's it's going to be a high DC, but you can have a go at it. Uh, okay, well, then I won't use those, but I'll still use my investigation, which is still plus 10. Okay. That is a 28. Okay. You don't find the remaining amulet. I'll let you guys know, up until this point, it has been a white amulet, but uh, Liz has referred to it as a yellow amulet like four times now, so I'm just going to change <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, welcome. You don't find the yellow amulet, but you do find one of the sending stones that you've had. There was there was one half of a pair of sending stones inside of the bag of holding that you had with you all the way back from, you know, where you found all the gear and the, the amulets in the shed. Um, you find that sending stone. Okay. Never found out where the, where the other half was. You've never tried to use it. <laughs> I was too scared. Frankie, would you like to do anything else? Can I use some movement to now just go out, just leave? Which direction? Are you heading like south out of the island or are you heading for the door? Uh, I guess I'm heading for the door, whatever way that uh, Idaho went. Frankie will go that way. Oh, just roll me an athletics check to see if you how far you can make it towards the top. Uh, <laughs> athletics, uh, that is a six. Okay, not far. You don't like slip or fall or anything. But the fact that you sort of stopped and like dug around in the electrum that's like piling up on the ground kind of slowed you down a little bit. So you made it, you made it, you're almost to the bottom of the stairs. Okay. Aaron is still running very fast, but now that she sees that her sister is in danger, she has changed direction and she is instead running very fast at Azus and Scraps again, trying to, once more to tackle them with a running leap. Roll me an athletics check to see if you can make it to them. Absolutely, I can roll you make an athletics check. That is a natural 20! Very nice, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you do run up 
you make it all the way to Asus and uh, Alakast. What is the move that you're making here? Because Asus is ready to stun Alakast in the head if he needs to. So I need you to do something that would stop him from doing that. As you described it, it sounded like he was backing up, which means that... He was, yeah. Is he facing me or is he facing away from me? Judging by what happened near him, I would say he's probably facing towards that big pillar of lava that smushed some of his people before. <laughs> okay, so he's facing away from me, so Karen is straight up just running and jumping up behind him and just trying to bodily crash into him. Yeah, that's, that seems fair. I want you just to roll a... what's a, what's a fair one here? I just want you to roll a d20. Um, I'm thinking of a DC, if you can get over the DC, he doesn't immediately like, you know, because you jostle him, he doesn't immediately um, stun Alakast. Okay, just a straight roll, no no ups or downs. Uh, acrobatics then. Okay, acrobatics. Ooh, that's another 13 on the acrobatic. I love rolling 13s on acrobatics, apparently. So, <laughs> ooh, that doesn't make it. So when you run and jump uh, into the back of him, yes. um, you do jostle him and the, uh, the charge, the stun charge, uh, does go off uh, on Alakas. Um, she is now stunned. Listen, that's fine. As long as as long as I'm up there with him, ready to punch him in the face. Cool, okay, and she does ragdoll. The next thing that happens is the lava golem now turns its eyes towards the island, and as it's been absorbing more electron, it's like taken on like a more defined shape. Like it looks more like a humanoid torso than just like a straight lump that it was before. Another arm emerges from out of it, but this time it looks like a humanoid arm. Like it has an elbow, it's got a clear bicep, and even though the hand is really drippy, it's got a hand. And it does sweep down to the to the ground, just because everywhere's got like a layer of electrum on it now. It starts sweeping its hand across the ground and just sending more and more sort of electrum back up to it, but just more and more of these dangerous arcs of energy just in all directions, sending the miners panicking and ducking for cover. I want everybody to make a save to avoid getting hit by these magic blasts. Oh god. Alright. I rolled that one. Oh no! Who rolled in that one? Me. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hard one. <laughs> and I came back with a 17! You're right, you rolled Ugh. so many nat ones, Nate. I know, it's terrible. That's terrible. That's why I stick to halflings. <laughs> the DC is 14, so who beat? I know better. Karen did not. Frankie did. Okay, so it's 3d10 lightning damage, and it's half it's half damage if you if you saved, okay? Okay. Okay, I am still raging. And I believe Idafa can cancel all damage because he's a rogue. Do you have that ability yet, Idafa? Yeah, that there was level? a thing. I know there was. If it's, if it's a dex save, I think it's called I think it's called evasion. Yeah, that one rocked. I can use a reaction to half damage, but maybe you're thinking of something else. No, that's fine. Did you pass or fa uh, fail the general saving throw? I passed it. So you can half it again if you want to. Yay. The lightning damage is 18 on all of you. So those of you who have resistances and the ability to half it and stuff, go ahead and do that. Do you round up or down in D&D? For players, round down. Okay. You would be half to nine and then half again to four. Yay. And Karen, I think would be the same for Karen because she's still raging. Karen, we haven't really specifically mentioned that you're maintaining rage while we've been doing this, but I have been, you're I'm emotionally right there and there is an infinite amount of Electrum around you. So I'm not gonna like make you reactivate it. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't still have it up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely still up. I have been deleting Electrum from my account, but you know, there is Electrum everywhere as well. We have Electrum around us. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of it around. <laughs> 
Does somebody want to roll and see how many minus get hit? Oh, I do. Oh my god! Oh my god! Len, roll me a d20. Just a straight d20. <laughs> 16. So a lot of the miners, like probably... There was probably maybe 40 of them in total when you first got here. About 10 of them are already dead from the original lightning and the lava. Another like 12 just like take uh, tank this lightning and get fried. You don't know if they're dead, but they certainly don't look great. <laughs> they're not thriving. <laughs> no. So the remaining miners are all panicking and like running in different directions. Some of them are running up the stairs towards Idafa. Some of them are running back towards the tunnel. Some of them are just like running and hiding behind uh, rocks. Karen, Asus is going to try and stun you. Does a 13 hit? No. Okay, in that case, he's going to use his rocket boots again. Going to jump towards the bridge, but he's going to have to roll because he's got he's carrying two people. So we're just going to see how well he does. Um, he got an 18. Can you just roll a strength check to see if you can hold on? Yeah, absolutely. I can roll a strength check. That's a 24. Yeah, easy. So you manage to hold on. Asus carrying two people doesn't make it the full 30 feet. He only makes it about half of that. And you're still holding on. Uh, and you can hear Alakas like... You can, when you're stunned, you can kind of still talk, but it's like you've been to the dentist. <laughs> like Frankie with the, the zuzh tongue. <laughs> Alakast uh, says to Asus, What about your man? And Asus uh, says back to her, like, I can always start again. There's no shortage of desperate fools around here. And back at the back at the crisis zone, as we're going to start calling it, the golem extends an arm uh, out towards a group of cowering miners. Can the party save them? What will you do? Uh, can I can I use mage hand to scoop up some more electrum and then put it in front of its hand and be like, "Here, yeah, friend." The arm is already <laughs> formed, so you would be probably rolling at disadvantage. You've got no idea about whether it could do both these things at once. So go ahead, right. roll me uh, roll me a deception check at disadvantage. And uh, Frankie and Idafer, you will also get uh, moves if you want to try and save these miners from this uh, lava arm. You guys got you guys got any good spells? I can't do shit. I'm ages away. Yeah, yeah, I can't do anything. I can't really. I think the most like I would be more focused on making sure that Frankie and Flynn were okay. But I'm not going to pull Flynn away from trying to help people. <laughs> Flynn rolled uh, 15 was my lowest. Okay, cool. Idafa and Frankie, do either of you want to add to this before we sort of talk about the result of this role? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely do that. What do you want to do? How exactly are you helping them again? Sorry, I didn't quite hear. Oh, so I'm using Mage Hand. Um, I've scooped up some um, Electrum and I'm holding it out to it kind of in front of them to be like, here, have this. Like, I said, here, friend. <laughs> like, to draw them towards you and out of the way? or Just to kind of offer up Electrum in front of the miners in case it, that distracts it enough. So basically I'm like offering it a snack so it doesn't go for some other meal. Oh, okay. Because after the electrum, so I was like, make it closer to it. It might go for that first and give them time to skedaddle. In that case, I might just use thermaturgy and create like a booming move like right next to them. Okay. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's great. Uh, roll me a persuasion check. Um, that is 18. Oh, that was a nice roll. That's going to add to the end result. Uh, Frankie, do you have anything you want to add to this? Frankie would just try and assure people through. Are you putting yourself in danger to do this? Yes. Okay. Frankie, I want you to roll a constitution saving throw for me. Constitution saving throw. And this is like, what I'm asking is, 
you're running in, pulling people out from under the lava. Can you also get out without being damaged? Okay. It's a plus seven to let's see. 18 plus seven? Yeah. Okay. So let's say there were five people that were sort of in danger of getting hit by this lava arm. So as it comes down, uh, four of them do successfully manage to get out from underneath the arm. But uh, Frankie, unfortunately, you have to dive out of the way as the fifth one is just engulfed by this pillar oh, of lava oh, oh, oh. right in front of you. I've heard too much about them when they're trying to attack us, but still. So yeah, and that, that's a cumulative effort. So both uh, Flynn, your distraction slowed the lava arm down. Uh, Idafa, your yelling alerted them out of their shock and had them move. And Frankie, <laughs> you like pulled the last one. It would have been two that died, but you pulled the last one out of the way. Oh, thank you. As the golem arm comes down, it does unfortunately also take a bunch more Electrum in. And you can see at the top like you can see the main golem it's really starting to take on like a, the shape of a humanoid torso as it gains more and more electrum back to what's happening elsewhere <laughs> alakask manages to start shaking off the stun and turns to you karen and said karen please save the miners you're a manager manage them <laughs> don't worry about me i can handle this dickhead and she's gonna punch him in the face nice uh, which she does yeah can I just like, when she does that, I can see her just like holding his head next to her as she's doing this real heart to heart to Karen. And she's like, I can take care of this. And then just looking straight at Karen, punches him in the face. <laughs> Not break eye contact. Yeah. Nice. Asus is going to take, and by the way, Asus is really fragile in his dwarf body. So he's going to take double damage, even though it is just a, uh, it is just an unarmed strike. Good. So he's going to take, seven damage from that as he gets punched in the face twice uh, by Alakast. Uh, Karen, what are you going to do in response to uh, Alakast asking you to do this? That is kind of hilarious. Karen looks at Alakast and says, well, you've obviously got a lot to learn, darling, because part of effective management is delegation. <laughs> and as she says that, she's going to try and hiff Azus straight up out of scraps. Oh. There are things securing him inside this Warforged, and this Warforged was specifically modified to carry him, so I'm going to need a really, really high strength check yeah. if you're going to be able to rip him out of this. Yes. Well, hopefully that's going to happen. <laughs> so she's like, delegation! And she rips Azus up and out, and that, oh my god, that's a 19 plus 8. <gasps> Where do you grab him by? Like underneath the armpits, kind of around the chest. Okay. And she's going to kind of twist and pull him up and out. This is disgusting because the piece of him that was like mounted onto the, like the bottom of his like, you know, torso stump that was mounted into the Warforged stays where it is. His entire top half you've like redone this entire injury where his entire top half including some of the pieces that are like attached to the back of his shoulders just tear out of this warforged and there's a lot of blood sort of everywhere you're now holding would you toss him or are you still holding him karen is going to kind of tuck and roll off scraps and she moves her head to make alakas come with her like come on she kind of tucks and rolls with the body and as she hits the ground, she hits the ground running towards the door. 
She's still holding onto the body. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Um, alright, uh, just quickly roll a deck save because Scraps' like emergency systems are going off right now. I just want to see if you can dodge getting stunned. Yeah, 15. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Fantastic. The Scraps body does still have a few pieces of, uh, basically all the bits that hold on to the body are still holding pieces of body, but you've now got his torso. And he's screaming. He's screaming real bad, as you can imagine. Karen has got him tucked under one arm like a football, and she is sprinting for the door. Oh, behind you, you can hear Alicast, like, cracking up laughing uh-huh. as she's keeping pace with you, but you don't turn around, you can just hear the source of the laughter is quite close behind you. Wow. The rest of you, the lava golem begins to shamble out of the, the lava and onto the land, uh, absorbing Electrum as the bottom of it. Oddly, also, the bottom of its torso um, slides over Electrum that's on the ground. A mouth forms uh, and it begins to scream. Ooh. A horrifying, disorienting noise that bounces off the cave walls. While she's running, Karen is yelling just at the dwarves in general. Get out, everybody. Get to the door or get to the exit. But don't stay here. Move, move, move. Tell me a persuasion check. Fantastic. Five plus seven, 12. Okay. There, there are not many remaining miners left. But the ones that are left, either running towards the door or running towards the exit, there are two or three that are just frozen in place. But you, you know, the ones that are able to move were already moving and now they're moving a tiny bit faster. (laughs) You unfortunately haven't affected any of the ones that were kind of frozen in place. I'm not giving you specific numbers because I'm keeping track on my end and we're gonna, we're gonna have a (laughs) sort of end uh, to deal with. Flinva. Yeah. There is an especially thick pillar of lava uh, headed down towards you. Me? I was feeding it. I'm its friend. Yeah, you were <laughs> feeding it. It knows that you have Electrum. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So is it like a big lava arm that's coming towards me or like a pillar? If you look up right now, there is an enormous like arm and kind of goopy misshapen hand uh, descending towards you. All right. I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gap it. <laughs> I'll stood around for too long. Okay, roll me an athletics check. Okay. 16. Flynn, you do sort of manage to kind of run off to the side and you look up and you're like, not 100% sure whether you're going to make it. Um, it's The hand is wide enough and it's close enough and maybe you didn't get enough of a start. And then from off to the side, three purple beams like slam into it and basically like sever the hand part and cause it to kind of stop uh, and you dive out of the way as the hand kind of like loops onto the ground oh. roll me a perception oh. check Flynn's like oh no oh no oh no uh, 26 uh, yeah you look over towards the direction that the beams came from and you can see Poet standing over on the bridge pointing exactly where like to where those beams went to uh, and you get the feeling that Poet just saved your life Oh my gosh, I'm gonna give him a thumbs up as I like try and be on my way really quickly. <laughs> Idafa, some of the miners are like up at the top. Are you letting them pass you? Are you opening the door for them? Or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm like corralling, corral- pushing them through basically, <laughs> like, waving them through. I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Is anyone helping you with this? Uh, not as far as I know. Okay. Roll me a d10. A d10. Uh, that one. Six? 
So six of them, you managed to get Usher six of them into the uh, room of doors. Okay. Frankie and Karen, what are you guys up to? Frankie is leaving. He's he's heading for the door, I guess, where he was heading before. Okay. You are running towards the door and you look up and you realize the lava golem is like right there. It's it's halfway up onto the land and where it's standing, you might not be able to make it towards the door. Oh. 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 Uh, shit. Okay, okay. Hold on. Give me, give me. Would, would it just be me that would it make it? Or, like? There are a couple of other miners who are still, like, scrambling through, you know, what is now, like, shin height Electrum coins. There are a few other people that might not make it as well. Okay. Karen for one of them. Yeah, Karen's behind you. And if you, you have no idea what's going to happen if the lava golem, like, engulfs the door. Okay. So, Frankie is firstly going to grab, uh, if he can, he's going to grab Hans and chuck it at uh, Karen. He'd be like, here, hold him. He lands on her head because she's got her arms full of a screaming dying dwarf. Yeah, he he doesn't notice that because, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something, honey. Okay. Frankie has been working on do you remember that gun oh yeah i do remember the gun frankie's been working on this for a long time he's pretty sure it's operational but he's not sure frankie would like to slow motion pull it out turn back to like karen give her the old you know nod and just fire at the golem just he had he has it loaded up with uh ele- like one of those green electrums. Yeah. Well, you had so, a green. There was a green electrum bullet yeah. in it when you first yeah. got it. That's the one. Karen sees him nod at her, and she screams, "What have you got?" <laughs> <laughs> Frankie, you raise the shiny metal gun up, uh, pointing with trembling hands towards the lava golem. Oh. You close one eye. Uh, you look up at the golem's shifting face through the sights, and you exhale, squeezing the trigger. Uh, a few things happen all at once. One of which is your amulet, which, sensing the presence of a magic weapon, reaches its energy field out to absorb the gun, as you've seen it do with other weapons in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as it touches, the gun and the kickback goes off, uh, sending an enormous energy feedback that hits you square in the chest, like a point-blank hit from a cannonball. Everybody else, Frankie pulls the trigger and is immediately engulfed in a cloud of green smoke. And you feel a small, momentary gravitational pull that pulls towards him. The projectile exits the cloud, twinkling as it shoots through the air at the golem's face. Uh, It impacts and for a second, nothing happens. And then suddenly the golem freezes and it begins to tremble. Karen is still running with a Zeus under one arm and Alicast at her shoulder. The gravitational force of the gunshot has pulled her forwards towards Frankie and she uses that momentum to speed her up the stairs. And what I would like to do is as I get up to the top of the stairs where Frankie is encased in the green smoke. Frankie's not at the top of the stairs. Frankie is on the ground. Oh, okay. Frankie never made it to the stairs. Okay, okay. 
sick, easy. So he's kind of in front of the stairs? You can't see him, he's engulfed in green smoke. Well, the green smoke is at the front of the stairs? Yeah. Yeah, Karen is running straight into that smoke, hoping to catch an arm, a bit of cloth, something, to continue the momentum to drag him up the stairs and into the... So just checking, you don't take cover? No, (laughs) no, Karen is running straight forward. She cannot take cover. She is so fast. Flynn and Idafa, do either of you guys do anything to take cover? No. I'll, I'll say that the force would knock me a bit because I'm small, but I don't think I'd like, cover intentionally. I think I'd be stunned. If anything, I'm bit. running towards Frankie to make sure he's okay. Okay, so you're running down the stairs. Uh, okay, so this is all happening within a matter, a matter of seconds. You all had a split second to make a decision. So the, uh, the eyes of the golem uh, for a second glow bright green uh, and then it explodes shooting boiling hot lava and hunks of rock in all directions I want everyone to please make dexterity saving throws and the DC is 16 okay oh. I rolled I rolled on that one okay. well at least you can how many goddamn that ones are you gonna dodge <sighs> okay I failed yeah same Karen rolled a 5 am I also rolling no you're not rolling Frankie Oh, okay. Oh no, why is Frankie not rolling? We're on 15. Oh. No, nobody made the 16? No. I want everyone to take 27 fire damage. <laughs> oh, my but I can use my reaction to half it. Is it once per day or is it every time? Shit, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm dead. <laughs> That's the way I've been using it. I've been using it every time. Oh, then yeah, you can have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please don't be dead. <laughs> The explosion kind of knocked everybody off their feet. So wherever the three of you are, you're all kind of lying there for a second, catching your collective breaths, uh, seemingly out of the woods for now. One of the uh, lava pillars melts, uh, and then as it comes down, you can see uh, Murphy, who you must have missed, who was inside the lava pillar, but he was inside of his bubble. He takes down the bubble as the lava sort of like melts around him. Good bubble. Yeah, that's a great bubble. Karen is still holding on to Azus, and she still doesn't trust whatever's going on in the cavern. So she is still going to climb up the stairs, uh, hopefully dragging Frankie with her if she's found Frankie. You didn't find Frankie. You didn't even make it to him. Okay. You got like two or three steps forward. He's still in front of you, or the green smoke is still in front of you. Okay, well, then I changed my mind. Uh, Karen is going to walk into the green smoke to try and find Frankie. As you do that, the, the spot where the green smoke is, as you walk into it, it starts to disperse, uh, revealing a pair of familiar boots, slightly smoking. What? Oh my god. Just the boots? <laughs> Just the boots? like he's gone. Shame that. I liked him. Well, it here. Thanks for listening to the show. And if you've figured out what I'm doing here, well, congratulations to you. Do take care. 
Won't you?